Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. The Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzle cast, welcome to a very, very special edition of The Bizzle cast, because you are getting two amazing things tonight. You are getting one of my favorite people in the world who I've been wanting to have on over the two and a half years that I've done this podcast uh, for a lot of reasons. He was both a personal and professional friend when I was working in music in, in New York. He's also a huge Star Wars fan, which we are going to launch the new Bizzlecast Star Wars series tonight with him. So here he is, Amon. Welcome and say hello to the Bizzlecast listeners. Hello, hello, the Bizzlecast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So we we don't have a ton of time. Amon is a uh, amazing husband and father of a four and a half year old now. Four and a half, you got it, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so we really want to dive into the Star Wars stuff. We could talk music forever. Um, I, <laughs> I do want you to just give a real quick bio um, sure. uh, of what you're up to these days. Uh, Eman's a, a drummer, a percussionist, a musician, a producer, an engineer, an entrepreneur, uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, and if you're a really loyal listener, you know that many, many years ago, I worked in the music business in New York. Uh, and uh, especially with African music and, and global sounds uh, and worked with amazing musicians and producers. And w- me and my uh, co-conspirator, uh, Eric Herman, who's been on the podcast and is a good buddy of mine still, who still runs our company, Modiba, were very, very welcomed, especially by a handful of just producers and musicians and awesome people. And Amon and his amazing wife, Mona, were two of those people. And uh, buddy, I, I just I wanted you to give a quick bio, but... I, at the same time, I just want to stress that I felt like, I don't know, like I uh, have visions of like going to parties with a lot of cool people in New York, but I also like specifically remember like me, you and Mona just like hanging at your place, drinking wine, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's your role, man. <laughs> yeah. There's just something very comfortable about it. And that's why when I, I realized that you were following and liking my Star Wars post, I'm like, there's no one I'd rather talk to about this. So give the Bizzlecast yeah. a little taste of what, what, what you're into. Um, I especially want to hear about the new studio project. And then we are going to talk some Star Wars, baby. Yeah, I'll keep it short. I'll keep it short. So yeah, you, you said it, man. Uh, it was a blast hanging out with you when you were when we were in it uh, with Modiba and with Dry Eye, oh, and yeah. you did stuff with you fucking Torre. Nation and, Beat. And yeah. Nation Beat. Yeah. Oh, man, that's my family right there. Yeah. Uh, I, I am still very, very tight with uh, Scott Kettner, of course. He's like family to me. And um, You guys are cut from and, the same cloth. Like, Oh, yeah. You guys, we were in a, you guys are yeah. so talented that you could be assholes, but like <laughs> you're totally the opposite of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we could do that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I love that guy. Um, and yes. he's got a beautiful family and daughter and beautiful. everything and yeah. beautiful wife and mm-hmm. everything. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm a percussionist first. I'm a producer second. I write music. Um, I'm the the founder of the Analog Player Society, um, which is a band that you know we kind of we we skew reggae and and hard jazz and kind of do something in between and uh, we do a lot of like West African stuff as well. I, I trained in Guinea, West Africa for years. I'm a um, you know I'm a fanatic that way. Uh, and right now, so really, just so I can make noise, I found myself 
<laughs> being an owner of what what hopes to be one of the largest studios and sets left in New York City, which is you know a small project. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's small and attainable, and uh, I went yeah. with the low the low rent neighborhood sure. of Williamsburg. Oh yeah, when, uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's just like an extra coat of paint on the wall. That's it. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, so uh, <laughs> for the. <laughs> For the past two years, I've been building 18-inch thick concrete walls um, and um, building this huge, large room facility, and I hope to fill it with creative, fun people for the next 10 to 15 years. <laughs> Are you living in Brooklyn at the moment with your family? I am. Yeah. We live in South Park Slope and love it. Oh, and yes. um, Love South Slope. I, yep. So, uh, so slow. Yeah. yeah, trademark. There you go. TM. <laughs> so slow. <laughs> or so slop, depending on your night. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few bars in a, in a very small stretch. <laughs> yeah, but you're also not far from uh, great Mexican food down in Sunset Park. You are correct, sir. Yeah, yeah there's uh, El Bronco, which mm-hmm. is down there, which is really nice. Um, yeah, and I, and I just love Sunset. I just this part. I, I we used to live in Williamsburg. Uh, that was one of the first places that I lived in New York City in 1999. Mm-hmm. But uh, come 2005, it had become too hip for for us. Yeah. So, so we we, we uh, first of all, people, uh, we're gonna do a little plug at the end for you know Amon's like uh, social media and websites. I'm gonna put a lot of copy on SoundCloud and on Facebook and so forth, so you can check out his stuff because it's really amazing. It, the previous studio that he worked with, the current studio project, we could r- regale the audience with stories from our three or four <laughs> years together. I will say though, like Scott, <clears throat> you know, even though you and Scott are only a tiny bit older than me, like a, like a smidge. That's a smidge. The fact that yeah. you guys both had amazing, you know, women in your life. Uh, I guess he was married already. You weren't married yet, but you were you were basically married. I mean, let's be honest. I was. I was basically. He he beat me by a few years. Yeah. He was actually, you know, yeah. uh, we were we we played some shows on the road together, and yeah, he, he was he had, you know on the phone, you know, yeah. speaking in Portuguese with his wife. It's like, yeah, I want some of that. Yeah. So, I mean, when you when you meet Eamon's wife Mona, you're just like, what's not marriageable about this situation, you know? And yeah. uh, I remember <laughs> just you talking, you know, like when we were getting to know each other, just how lucky you felt about it. And so I felt like yeah. my point was that even though you guys are only a tiny bit older than me, you were uh, like almost like adopted me and Eric in in the early years. And we, <laughs> I, I can't speak for Eric, but I sort of can. We really appreciated it. I really appreciated it, and uh-huh. is. As much Thanks. as I love the music label stuff and Via and Bombino, and I'm still involved in some of that, the best were just the like throwdown Afrobeat parties that we used to do at the various places all over Kush Lounge, uh, Southpaw, yeah. which I guess doesn't exist anymore, you know? Yeah. So, um, anyways, so we could have a whole nother podcast about that, and hopefully we will. But sure. we've got a new Star Wars movie coming up in a few months. Ooh, and, 100 days, something like that? Uh, yeah, something like, oh God, yeah, four months, something like that? Oh, my God, less than four yeah. months. 
So, I uh, listen to a lot of Star Wars podcasts um, just because I like listening to podcasts. I do it while I run and walk around and do shit. And, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. when you're watching television and stuff, you really have to be paying attention. With podcasts, you can just kind of be doing other stuff, writing emails and, you know, walking around and whatever. And, uh, but but people who love Star Wars tend to be articulate and smart and sensitive. And that's part of what's great about Star Wars culture. And I'm sure we'll get into this more sure. so than like other nerd stuff out there it's also hilarious to, it, maybe, maybe we'll get to the fact it, it's it's really entertaining listening to grown men defend the prequels as being great movies for example <laughs> <laughs> but right right yeah but um so here, so here's what i want to do though I'm, I'm i'm stealing a little bit of a format of, of my favorite show which is the a bunch of like old really just like old guys and women uh who one's in philly and one's in salt lake city and it's called full of sith is the name of the podcast and uh they start Exactly where everyone should start. And I sometimes ramble in my podcast and I want to stay focused here. So I got a plan. All right. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. So the first question that I'm going to ask everybody, and you're the first one to get this treatment, is what is your first memory either of contact with Star Wars or like starting to fall in love with it or, or some combination of the both that you can remember? Wow. Whoa. Um, my sister will probably have to confirm this, but did I see New Hope possibly at a drive-in theater? Like one of those (laughs) drive-ins? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Like we're talking drive-in theater where you take the big hunk of steel that is the mono speaker and you put it on the side of your car, you roll down your window in a gravel parking lot and why i'm pretty sure that's where i saw new hope and i i mean this was right before probably empire came out as soon as i saw i mean i will say i watched empire um at, i was only three years old <laughs> do the math do the math when empire came out yeah. um it was either empire or jedi i saw both of them Star Wars, Empire, and then Return of the Jedi. So that was 83 uh, with my grandfather who oh, was passed. Okay. So, Wait, if you're three at Empire, you're really not that much older than me. You were just lucky to be slightly older and see it in the theaters. God damn you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was born the year New Hope was released. <laughs> mm. You're the New Hope. You're, you're the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Okay. Uh, so so that right. So that would make sense that they would rescreen okay. the original. They did. Before they Empire. Did. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Yeah. Did you realize how momentous the Vader reveal was when you saw it? Do you have any recollection of that? I do. I do. Uh it hit. It hit and I remember seeing it in the theater and I uh, you know before I knew these words I was like holy shit. You know like I I I didn't it really did hit. And then um, the other thing that hit, honestly, was when Yoda died. Oh, God, yeah. That just, yeah. that hit me. I was like, what? How is that? How can we go on? Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. so. Let me, just, um, let me just get something on the table. 
Um, yeah. Right now, we don't have to talk about it directly immediately. But I do want to talk a lot about the original trilogy with you. I think what will be cool okay. to be to talk about how the new canon is influencing how we look at the original stuff. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm a Return of the Jedi guy. And it's it's very mm-hmm. specific to my age group because when Return of the Jedi came out on video, I was like four, mm. and there's so much action. And when you're four, sure. the Ewok thing doesn't bother you. And so oh, all look- these years later, I don't even try and defend the Ewoks. I just have no problem with them because they serve a plot purpose, uh, I'm, a I'm, character I'm purpose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I love I, Empire. I, Objectively, Empire is the best, but Return of the Jedi is my personal favorite and the one that when I was a kid and awkward and nerdy and didn't want to hang out with anyone, would just watch over and over again. And Yoda dying made me tear up every single time, although I would never admit it at that, <laughs> that age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he didn't, it didn't hit me that hard, but I will agree that, that as a kid, just because of age and mm-hmm. the Star Wars toys, honestly... Um, and you got that flute music where it's like dun 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 dun, right? It's like the secondary yeah. Jedi theme, yeah. As he's pe- well, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe we should talk about the the. Uh, God, I was going to make a, a good reference for this, like uh, the elephant in the room. I'm sure there's a Star Wars creature that could be an elephant, but the bantha, the, the bantha in the room, the bantha, the bantha in the room, yeah. uh, <laughs> that the porg, uh, the porg in the room, yeah. Wow! Wow, you are you're you're deep, brother. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I got a plan, um, man. I, I got a grandmaster plan because I, I got I got tons of questions for you. Go ahead. Good. Well, I mean, the most egregious infraction made by George Lucas's like you know insecurity or something yeah. was changing the end song of Return of the Jedi. Hallelujah! Yum yum. You know, that whole thing, the Yub Yub song? Don't get me started. I, I love Yub Yub, man. No, and Jedi why- Rocks is worse. Jedi Rocks is worse because it adds lightness in Jabba's Palace that really doesn't fit. For me, actually, no. I, that's worse. But yeah, I know I'm, that's a close oh, yeah. second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, no, that was really, really bad. Yeah, all that stuff. It was great. It was fine. Didn't need to fuck with it. So... That's, I uh, think what's that's interesting, my- though, is I did hear a sort of oral history of this by uh, an official Star Wars scholar I listened to in one of the podcasts who really? writes for StarWars.com and gets in on all the, you know, knows the celebrities and stuff. And mm. he said even the, like, legendary THX uh, VHSs that we had in the 90s that were, like, the final unfucked versions yep. actually had some significant restorations on them including the new hope space battle uh like you saw the original new hope space battle i don't know if i've ever seen it because even in the thx vhs he had added some footage um uh not not cgi stuff but he had you know d- added some shots and modeling that he didn't have uh, which, so for that i was okay i'm like well if, if it's if you're sticking with modeling and it's in the spirit of it then f- and you couldn't afford it with the first movie then fine mm-hmm. but adding job of the hut not looking like job of the hut or han solo yeah. not shooting first <laughs> this is where you know i've been holding this back but because I have let it, a let it loose, older. baby. This is the Bizzle cast. Let it go. And by the way, yeah. the, this is an yeah. explicit, uh, th- you know, uh, tag on Good. this podcast. So I, I'm not saying you have to curse, but don't hold back. 
<laughs> there's a bag of curses over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So, um, my, I have a four year old and, um, it has been in- increasingly difficult to keep the reveal of number four, uh, like secret. Uh, he even knows like, um, you know, he started listening to my play along 45s on vinyl. I don't know if you remember the read along books on, on, on vinyl. Um, number four. Well, empire. Oh, sorry. Not. Yeah, that's, that's no, that's not right. What? That's not right. Oh, number. You're talking five. about the Vader, the Vader thing. Empire, Empire. Sorry. So wait, it's like yeah. Santa Claus. He doesn't know. So he doesn't know yet. Oh my god, does not know yet, and it's so hard to keep it a secret. It, it does is, he watch Rebels? No, oh. he is only. We have an original New Hope unedited version that was donated to us oh. by our good friend uh, Stephanie Mayers. Uh, um, yep she's amazing anyway and her husband matt which by the way there are numerous unfucked with not just unfucked with reels but like in good condition that private collectors have around the country of the originals yeah the d what is it the d uh um yeah i know what you mean it's online man there's this whole thing yeah you download it takes eight hours yeah it's that yeah yeah I mean, we've seen that one. So Jackson, uh, my son, uh, has grown up with New Hope, and that's all he knows. He only knows New Hope. He knows the original version of New Hope. And when I open the studio, we get to watch Empire on our, here's a plug, uh, 17-foot wide uh, full-on movie screen that it will be in the 800 Hold on. Foot. I just I gotta go. I gotta have to go rub one off real quick right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. You're talking my yeah. language now. We have a full-on uh, movie screen, oh, like a you know, it's 17 foot wide. Can you please uh, invite me is- up for one of these screenings, Return of the Jedi? If we could, I would. I would literally come up just to see Return of the Jedi on that thing. Sure, not a problem, yes. man. Not a problem. We will do that. Uh, Jackson gets to watch Empire, and he does not know. He knows that there are secrets, and he asked me about the secrets. We have like these, you know. He 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 notices things. He he'll take all. I have the DVDs laid out, and he'll line up the DVDs with all the different movie covers. You know, uh, because yeah. they have the beautiful artwork. The packaging's really. great. The packaging's amazing. He's actually George Lucas is well. Okay, so. Let's yeah. be clear. Disney owns this now. Sure. So the big, right. the, the biggest argument against what me and you want is that mm. if Disney can do it, why haven't they? Mm. Because they didn't approve George Lucas's Episode Seven script, so they could certainly re-release the originals. Right. The reality is the special edition, the rough special edition with the crappy new special effects that we saw in the late '90s and early 2000s actually has been pulled back. Mm-hmm. Um, they took some of it away. Good. Even the Jabba looks better. The spaceship stuff looks better. Again, to me, uh, the Je- the Jedi rocks and the end of Return of the Jedi are the the two most difficult for me to deal with because of how yeah. distracting Empire. I don't even care, honestly. I mean, the Wampa, yeah, you know, not, it's fine. There's not much in there. The yeah. the, the shuttle, I think, Cloud is a City little... looks cool. Uh, you know, um, I like that they put the windows in Cloud City. It's a little things you don't think about, you know, like, 
Yeah. But um, okay, so yeah. so here's my question. So yeah. he, he's going to see episode five. Mm-hmm. And before I ask my question about episode five, what's great is once he gets over the trauma slash awesomeness of that whole thing, then he gets returned <laughs> to the Jedi, which is just a fucking joyride from beginning to end. I mean, Luke getting the lightsaber from R2 and this gif and doing his yeah. thing with Boba Fett, I mean, is just the best. Yeah. The reason I like Return of the Jedi the best is the first movie, it's a huge buildup to get the team together, and then they all split up in Empire, and yep. it's not till Jedi that they get back together. And I think the saddest yeah. thing about killing Han Solo and then Carrie Fisher dying, uh-huh. which we're going to get to, is that we're not going to uh-huh. see the three of them together ever again. Oh, let's just hope no, we won't. Yeah. Um, we won't. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh. By the way, Bizzlecast is- listeners, Amon, Amon's a, uh, a handsome dude, but with his beard, he really looks like Oscar Isaac from Ex Machina uh, right now. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, man, I have um, in about, because I'm watching the time here, in about five minutes, ten minutes, I want to start talking about the new uh, trilogy, and I have some yeah. great stuff because great. Uh, Carrie Fisher and Oscar Isaac spend most of their time together in the new movie. And that's hot. There's going to be some amazing, amazing stuff there. So I want to talk about that. So anyway, so he is going to hate you for keeping the reveal, but love you for keeping the reveal at the same time. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's totally conflicted. Yeah. I mean, Oh, we have conversations every day about star Wars. He asked me yeah. questions very good questions. Actually. He'll be like, so why does Luke's, lightsaber why is it green i thought it was blue yep and because of the cover and i'm like i don't know i think i think the <laughs> next step after the original trilogy is uh clone wars and rebels would be you got it yeah although clone wars is super bloody and dark i did not i only started watching clone wars recently i love rebels but man is clone wars dark there's a lot of death in it I want to go to the animated the from the same animator that did uh, the Samurai Jack yes. those Clone Wars the the volume one and volume two. For oh, me, the two D, yeah, the two D, yeah, yeah, the two D. That is canon to me. Mm-hmm. Like all that stuff right there, that that is fantastic. The series, ah, the Clone Wars series, it, it was all right. I when they got into the Darth Maul stuff, I started to like be like, what? But really, is you know? Well, here's here's the thing about the Clone Wars series. Everything yeah. that was cool about it, they brought mm. back briefly in a much better way in Rebels. Like really ah- good. Like I lo- Ahsoka is really cute and funny in Clone Wars. She's amazing yeah. in Rebels. Uh, good. good. Um, Sam Witwer, who, who does Darth Maul's voice, is so mm. good. Doing mm. like a Gollum-y version of Darth Maul in Rebels. The okay. Vader appearance with Ahsoka. Um, well, we'll, well, we'll get to all that. Don't give it away. Yeah. I haven't seen it. So. Oh, wait, you haven't seen, well, oh, right, you haven't I, seen any Rebels. But I'll, yeah. I haven't seen Rebels. I haven't ruined anything for you other than saying Ahsoka, Vader, and Maul all make appearances at some point. There you go. Well, uh, a little birdie made that possible, and I do appreciate it. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when you get to season three, uh, I got you covered there, too. But uh, one thing at a time. Yeah, one thing. Yeah, and actually, Rebels, because Disney, <laughs> yeah. I know we're jumping all over the place. We just got so much ground to cover. But, um, and I do want to talk about the idea of the new canon that, like, starting in 2014, yeah. all books, comic books, cartoons. Um, did you guys watch the Forces of Destiny shorts on YouTube? It's so cute. Oh, my God. No. You didn't watch we that? Have... No. Disney released yeah. eight, like, two and a half minute shorts 
just focusing on the female characters going really? from Leia to Padme to Ahsoka to Jin to Rey. And they got the actual, other than Carrie Fisher, obviously, they got the actual actresses who uh, voiced them or played these characters. And they fill what? in these little moments. Like what happened between when Princess Leia met Wicket and then she's in this beautiful dress with the Ewoks. Like they tell that story. Like, you know, there you like go. how did Ahsoka like constantly saving Padme's life? You know, um, they have Jin Erso, you know, res- rescuing like a little girl. They have Ray uh, with BB-8 in the desert. Like what happened on their journey across the desert? There's like two really cool stories with these cool aliens, and it's in the 2D animation style of the original Clone Wars. It's free, ad-free on YouTube called Forces of Destiny. Uh, it's sort of narrated by uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who plays Maz Kanata. Oh, uh, yeah. don't get me started on Maz. Okay, so we're going to get to the new movies. So okay. I want to keep moving here. So what's so yeah. your grand plan with, um, do you mind saying what your son's name is? Jackson. 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 Uh, where, where, where did that come from? Um, that's just, just, uh, the instinct, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's me listening to the force. <laughs> Luckily he's, he's young enough where he's not going to get, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, uh, references. Yeah, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> I am for real. <laughs> that was a good song. Um, was that 2000? I think. That was like yeah, 2000. that was 2000. Uh, listen, man, outcast where, where's the reunion, man? I know. It was like that song and Sandstorm in 2000. Those were like the, but, um, in Zombie Nation. Uh, but so, okay. So you show them the original movies. What I was going to yeah. say about Rebels is it takes some of the Clone Wars style, but because it's Disney, it yeah. goes towards Pixar a little bit. And yep. while there is some implied deaths of stormtroopers, like peripherally, yeah. there's no murdering or blood. <laughs> Sure. And like the only time it happens is like when Maul gets involved and usually it's him killing bad guys for his own reasons and it's not a lot of death and they're playing an early rebel cell. Uh, yeah. The main character is voiced by Freddie Prince Jr., Kanan Jarrus, who was one of the few Jedis to escape Order 66. And yeah, oh, wow. he is training a young Jedi named Ezra Bridger who just joined the crew. Mm. Um, they have uh, the, the, the mother pilot and leader of the whole group uh, is a Twi'lek lady mm. um, uh, uh, the uh, weapons expert is the heiress to the Mandalorian throne essentially yeah, uh, Sabine yeah. Wren who is, spends her time being an art, a graffiti artist when she's not blowing stuff up and it's just a really what? cool character so two really strong female characters um yes. and so i would say rebels for sure for a four and a half year old is if you're showing vader cutting off luke's hand and luke crying rebel, <laughs> Re- rebels is totally doable oh. it's on disney xd i mean it's okay. yeah so okay. so I basically admit, take clone wars and triangulate it with sort of a, the pixar thing Sure. Um, and it's not, you know, it's it's more colorful, but it's also not as busy. It's not about warfare. That's mostly just raids and little pranks they're pulling on the empire and stuff like that. So, a couple things to check out. So, okay. So, unless you have any protests, I would like to jump to 2012. Yeah. So in 2012, the rumors were swirling 
The Clone Wars was up in the air. I think just finished the fifth season. I haven't seen the fifth season, even though everyone says it's the best because Ahsoka has like a five episode arc that everyone loves um, Mm. that I'm excited for. By the way, I don't know how closely you follow me or this news, but Ahsoka looks bizarrely like Rosario Dawson. And Rosario Dawson is a huge Star Wars fan, and she's in Disney right now playing Claire Temple on the Defenders in the Netflix series. And she's like openly campaigning to play like an older Ahsoka Tano. And now that they want to do an Obi-Wan movie with an older Ewan McGregor, I mean, I could just totally see the two of them together. That's the movie that I want to see. That's the one. What if if they used Obi-Wan, and instead of leaving the planet, this is my idea. Can I run this by you real quick as, as, a, as a transition so for the Obi-Wan Good. movie? You get Ewan McGregor, okay? Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's 20, 10, 20 years before, you know, like Luke's maybe just born or, you know, like maybe, like maybe Luke's 10 or something. I don't know. Sure. They have to explain how Ewan McGregor becomes Sir Alec Guinness because it's like a 50-year time jump in 20 years of... So what's the best way to do it? Well... What if he discovers an imbalance of the force that spans time and space, and he has to use a holocron to go back to the ancient Jedi 3,000 years ago when the Jedi Order first got together? <laughs> and we, it's him, but he's yeah. so he's t- sort of time traveling, but not in like the Terminator way. He's like yeah. inhab- he's like inhabiting a body as Obi Wan, and he goes back yeah. with Ahsoka to uh-huh. stop this imbalance in the force that's a threat yeah. to the greater universe so you get the ancient jedi you get obi-wan you get adventure that's a little, yeah. that's a little like uh, quantum leap there yeah exactly exactly yeah. so that's what i would love to see so anyways 2012 disney <laughs> buys star wars yeah you and i were both dealing with some shit back in 2012 sure but, but that was big news but that was big news yeah. what was your initial thought between 2012 and 2014 when they announced their plan? I said something like, well, shit. (laughs) Yeah, except that Marvel was going really well. And the fact that the Avengers came out in the summer of 2012, which to me is still the best comic book movie. I mean, I'm a huge Joss Whedon fanboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. You know, I, I, my whole initial reaction was as long as they keep their, you know, white gloved Mickey Mouse fingers out of my beloved, you know, uh, you know, story myth, then fine. That's that's no problem. I think but, Rogue uh, One, which I don't want to jump to quite yet, has proven that they're okay. willing to take off the white gloves. True. Although I do hear from because I'm a nerd as well is like that. <laughs> That was a process. There were reshoots, and I heard Disney saying, you know, it, it's too dark, it's too dark. And I'm like, no, no let that's it be not what dark. happened. Trust me, I did a uh, whole podcast where I was freaking out for wh- exactly the reasons you're saying when I heard about the reshoots. Okay. But look, we just bookmark that because I want to get yeah, back to Rogue One, that. which is one of my favorite yeah, yeah. movies ever. Great. But Good. yeah. Because yeah. um, I too was horrified and thought it was the end of Disney. And, and I actually ended up thinking that they made the exact right move, just like they made the right move with firing the directors on the Han Solo movie, which hopefully we'll get to. But yeah. I look. So Lucas created the thing, right? And Lucas said, I'm going to do these movies and a couple of stupid TV specials. 
And then I'm going to yeah. let the property from toy, everything from toy manufacturers to writers, yeah. but it's going to be part of what I call the extended universe and none of it's canon and none sure. of it is official yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm just going to license it out and make as much money as possible. Disney yep. took the opposite tack. When it comes to Star Wars, it has to feel like Star Wars. And I got to say, man, and I've been talking a lot. I want to open up to you. You can talk about The Force Awakens. You can talk about Rogue One. Um, I've actually read some of the canon books in the last couple of years. They're getting great science fiction writers. Like, even some of the young adult books are really good. Like, I just read one about uh, what happened between Saw Gerrera finding little Jin Erso and her growing up yeah. and becoming a rebel called Rebel oh, Rising. Man, I love which yeah. is great. Um, but uh, I wanted to ask you this, but I, I really like in this particular case that they are trying to keep a consistency. Um, and I, I think what's interesting is the criticism of, of The Force Awakens was that it was too much like the original movie or the original trilogy. Um, uh-huh. I guess the criticism of Rogue One was that it was too dark. I, I'm not really clear. Uh, or uh-huh. too slow. So once they started rolling out the movies, which is the most important part, give me a little, you know, like yeah. like had you forgotten about Star Wars kind of at that point, and and, and it uh-huh. took the new stuff to get back into it. No, no, no. Star Wars has never ever left. It's always I, I reference it. It's in our vernacular. You know, there are life lessons that you know. It, it it's the the myth of choice for. Me and and at least me and my sister and Jackson growing up, I I say may the force be with you when he leaves for school. I mean, uh, so when yeah. it came up, I was ready and still engaged for sure. God, how great is Maz Kanata? Okay, Maz is so the best. She's probably my favorite new character. I mean, I mean, she's up with Ray and everybody, but I hope that Maz is a big part of the next movie coming up. Okay, this is uh, a great transition because I want to get you talking. So yeah. here's what I want to do. First of all, I want you to just give a quick, your quick review of uh, Episode 7 and Rogue One. And then yeah. I have some quotes about The Last Jedi that I want to run by you. And then I want to hear your theories. Does that sound like an okay plan? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. um, so... Which do you prefer, Force Awakens or Rogue One, and why? What, what did you think overall about those movies? Sure. Um, I can't actually take a prefer. I can't. I, I still can't. I, um, I, I, Rogue One, as, as, a, as a cinematic movie, mm-hmm. is probably, probably cinematically better than force awakens however um i watch force awakens or even put it on here's here's how much of a geek i am um you know i listen to music like constantly all day long every time you know every day oh yeah but um when i'm building the studio and i want to change it up or something i've been there for the 11th hour i will put on force awakens on my phone and listen to it I won't watch it, obviously, because I'm up on a ladder 12 feet up. Yeah. (laughs) I know all the lines. I can hear the story. And it's just, it's a calming thing. You know, it's like, it's a nice thing. So um, I I love Force Awakens. I I have no complaints. Because it's fun and it it brings back 
the memories I had when I was a kid and it continues the story and it has the lessons and, and I don't care if uh, the there are parallels between New Hope yeah. and 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 Force Awakens. That's that's kind of Star Wars. They yeah. they do that all the time. Yeah, I mean, giant balls of power have been in at least four of the six George Lucas movies. Yeah, they even make fun of themselves yeah. a little bit, and Harrison that's why Ford, I like there's that. always a there's always a way, right? Let's blow it up. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah, not how that. the force works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. They're like, wow. you know, it, it, it's a battle. It's like the Death Star. No, this is the Death Star. This is Star Killer based. They're like, oh, yeah. let's blow it up. Yes. <laughs> so, well, I think I, you just summarize yeah. like a thousand hours of podcasts I did about those movies in like five seconds. So, well done. <laughs> I feel the same way. Rogue One is the more transcendent film. Uh, Force sure. Awakens, I could watch over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Not to say that I haven't ro- watched Rogue One many, many times, yeah. but yeah. no. But I agree with you. When I'm watching Rogue One, I'm like, I'm turning off the lights. I'm getting mm-hmm. exactly the drinks and food I want. I'm gonna sit downstairs and watch the entire fucking movie. Until yeah. I'm crying at the end with Vader crying. and Princess Leia and everything. I, yeah. yeah. But yeah. but I agree with you. Force Awakens I always have on my iPad and my iPhone and we'll just like watch parts of it. Because for me, yeah. and this is what I love J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Let, let, me, let me preface by saying I still think the J.J. Abrams 09 Star Trek reboot is actually slightly better than Force Awakens. I was waiting for that. But Thank you very much. Much. He did a fantastic. He had yeah. he had you crying within the first three minutes of the movie. Man. Chris Hemsworth, young Chris Hemsworth, you barely recognize him as George Kirk. Oh my god, that's right. That's right. Um, Good job. But I also think he had a much bigger task with the new Star Wars movie. Um, oh yeah, there's a lot of pressure. I think he did a fantastic job. I got I have yeah. no critiques, not a single one. But my thing about Joss Whedon and J.J. Abrams is that whatever problems people have with Force Awakens or like. Joss Whedon with Avengers Age of Ultron, which I happen to really like that movie, is that it, when you have great characters and great humor and great dramatic moments, I could care less about the other stuff, honestly. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the thing yeah. that the, the, the Ray lightsaber battle, it wasn't the choreography that made it great with Kylo Ren. It was the, the emotional stakes behind the whole thing, right? Her, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, she's untrained, you know, and it, and it shows and it it is the passion. It's the emotion. It's the same kind of feeling you get when in Return of the Jedi, um, Darth Vader says to Luke while he's hiding, maybe, what is it? What's the line? He's like, uh, if you cannot be turned, be turned, maybe, uh, Oh, about Leia? Your sister. You may, sister. Uh, you're like, so sister. So Obi-Wan yeah. was wise to hide her from me. Yeah, yeah, all that, yeah. And then he's like, maybe... Perhaps maybe. if you don't turn... Yeah, she says, if you don't turn, yeah. perhaps she, she will. will. No! Yeah, yeah, it, that. So that emotion, when he's kind of tapping into the dark side oh, yeah. a little bit, which totally. was the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, the anger. You know, the anger You have side. a sister, and I have a sister, and that's exactly how yeah. we would react, too, probably. Damn straight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's excited about the green lightsaber. So, okay, buddy. So, here's what I got for you. You ready for this? Okay. I prepared this. I, I got I highlighted some short but meaningful quotes. 
Okay. So Entertainment Weekly, um, uh, which before I started doing a podcast, I didn't really wasn't plugged into modern pop culture. I just assumed because of the name that it was yeah. like People Magazine or Us Magazine, but it's actually like a trade magazine for the common person, like the lay Great. person, and they get all the exclusives on the comic book movies and the Star Wars movies. Like there was a three month period. I have a stack here. The covers were Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok. Wonder yeah. Woman, Logan, the new Star Ooh. Wars movies. Like, these are the movies that they're focusing on. And they still have some stupid celebrity gossip. Like, oh, my God, like, Chris Pratt broke up with, uh, you know, Anna <laughs> Ferris uh, or whatever, blah, Ferris, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, that's not what they're really focusing on. But what's great is they put longer content of their main stories online with videos. And th- their senior editor, who's also their Star Wars guy, who I've heard interviewed extensively, who's a really, really, really smart, insightful guy named... Hold on. Mm-hmm. Anthony Bresnikan. <clears throat> He's so great that, like, on the cover of The Force Awakens episode, like, his name is, like, it's, like, The Last Jedi by anthony bresnikan you know like he's like wow. he's he has a relationship with kathleen kennedy and lucasfilm people and ryan johnson the director and writer who by the way this is the first time of all the new movies that we've had a guy who has written and directed the movie and there's been zero controversy about anything and it's totally mm. smooth apparently they finished the film like wrapped like the production of the final cut like two months ago which is very oh. rare in these wow. days because um, originally was going to be in may and so they they gave themselves a lot of extra time so i don't know if this is going to be the best of the new movies but it is going to be the most polished for sure um and uh, uh, real quick my yes uh four-year-old is about to come out of the shower you'll have to come through this this room so uh no um empire spoilers nope in the next nope i'm not gonna talk any empire so here's (laughs) here's i'm gonna give you a little choose your own adventure you ready yeah, give it so to So he me. did little, yeah. really nice vignettes um, where he wrote very poetically, short little poetic, uh, I mean, it's prose, but he just writes poetically um, about the main characters in the new movie without giving away spoilers and then interviews with those actors. Oh, so wow. the main four, oh God, I just got this iPad. Where am I? Can <laughs> me, okay, here I am. Okay. Got so it. We've got Ray and Luke. Uh-huh. We've got Finn and the new uh, character Rose, who's going to be maybe a love interest, maybe just a friend interest. Mm-hmm. Um, a Asian young Asian lady. Oh, we've got Carrie Fisher and Oscar Isaac, and we've got Kylo Ren. So I want you to pick one of those to start. I'm going to read you a couple quotes, and then I want to hear your theories. And by okay. the way, this is all official Lucasfilm information. You know they control spoilers. So oh, there is nothing here that gives away anything major. Okay. All right. Before you do, hang on. Jackson would like to make a, a cameo audio appearance. Yeah. I'm going to ask. Jackson. He's dressed in a dinosaur towel right now. Oh, I love dinosaurs. So, Jackson, I'm going to ask you. Uh, I'm going to take it and do the speaker here. Yeah. Jackson, I'm going to ask you one question about Han Solo. When he's accepting, when he's uh, talking to Greedo in the booth, who shot first, Han or Greedo? Han. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Jackson. You graduate. Yeah. This is my buddy Jesse. Yeah. Hey, man. what movie have you seen? Um, Rogue One and New Hope. Oh, that's right. He saw a little bit of Rogue One. We'll have to talk about that. Uh, 
And what do you get to see when the studio's open? Empire. (laughs) Jackson, you are in for an amazing, amazing time. Uh, All right, go go get dressed. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. Oh, my God. I want to kid so badly right now just for this stuff. (laughs) Although, to be fair, my sister has uh, 18-month-old twins. And so I'm just waiting until they get to, like, two and a half years and I can start indoctrinating (laughs) them with Star Wars and so forth. They already have, like, Iron Man and Spider-Man outfits and stuff. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Working up to it. Um, there you go. So okay, so your your pick about who to start with here, which which set of characters? Let's, let's go Finn two one eight seven and uh, the new the new person that I don't know anything about actually. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I the Finn lines. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I am with the I am with the resistance. I'm with the resistance. <laughs> this is what we look like. This is what we look like. Some well, of us and other yeah. <laughs> Most of us. Some of us. Yeah, whatever. You got a boyfriend? Cute boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> hey Solo, let's use the force. That's not how the force works. Or did you just call me Solo? Solo. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Han, Mr. Solo. And then he goes back to calling him Solo, which is great. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and by, by the way, the big deal thing, um, they're continuing as a running gag in the new movie. Good. Good. Um, so can I, just, can I just read you these couple lines and I want to hear yeah. your theories? Okay. Yeah, go for it. So this is, again, Anthony Bresnikan, who's a really, really, really good... You know, like some of these magazines, like Variety, actually have some great writers, you know? Like it just... Or I'm even sure. like Vogue and stuff, you know? It just has to be the right story. So... He says, we've already seen John Boyega's conscious, stricken stormtrooper try to escape from a life of wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Um, in The Last Jedi, Finn finds himself ready to abandon the good guys, too, however. You can't blame him. He's been critically wounded by a lightsaber attack, never quite healed. He watched Han Solo, another reluctant hero, die horribly at the hands of his own son. Finn did his mm. part. Starkiller base has been destroyed. Now he wants out. Boyega tells EW, quote, it got really real for him, and he just wants to get away and not be involved. His intention in the first place was to go to the Outer Rim. He was always brought back, but this is his chance to get away and perhaps find Ray and go off together. He's trying to do that at first, but it's not going to be that easy for him. Thoughts? Um, you mean he's saying this again? Yeah, because, you know, in... Um, that's what Finn is. That's what Boyega is saying. Approved to be saying about his character state when the, when the movie opens. Um, oh, right. oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Let me add a little bit. This is the important part. Along with Luke Skywalker and Rey, the stormtrooper formerly known as FN two one eight seven becomes a key part of the Last Jedi's "Never Meet Your Heroes" theme, which they introduce in the Rey thing about her not exactly getting loved by Luke Skywalker at the beginning of the film. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, after um, Finn befriends Rose Tico, a resistance mechanic played by Star Wars newcomer Kelly Marie Tran. Um, Boyega says, everyone in the space throughout the galaxy would have heard about the young Jedi who discovered her powers and defeated Kylo Ren and the young former stormtrooper who helped save the day. He's a hero to people like Rose who fight for the resistance because their homes have been destroyed by the First Order. Finn's boast to Han Solo from the previous adventure has come true. When Rose first meets Finn, she, <laughs> she says that's how she views him. He is a, quote, big deal. Big deal. Rose, however, yeah. is not. Go ahead. She's just a grease uh, monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess what's the question? Like, uh, like what my Where whole Where do you see thing? Finn going? I mean, do you, do you, 
it's is interesting. it forced that he's still wanting to escape the resistance at this point, do you think? Yeah, it's a little interesting because, like, you would think in Force Awakens, he was ready to go trade work for transport, go out to the outer room and disappear. Yeah. And he wanted Ray to come with him because he's obviously in love with Ray. Yep. Um, the thing that brings him back like instantly is the, you know, the um, the the uh, Republic planets being destroyed. That was like everybody's nine eleven or something. You know, they just saw witness this horrible thing. You want to find your loved ones and get the hell out. Um, I feel like he's going back there. You know, I will say this that. Um, he was Finn has always been a little easily rattled, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, uh, well, you can understand why. Well, you can understand why. I mean, he was he was raised to be a stormtrooper. He sees all these horrendous things and everything, but uh, that's just in his character. Yep. Uh, and also, Maz said it that when she looks in her his eyes, that he see she sees someone who wants to run. Mm-hmm. And that's his thing. So I think that's his battle is he has to get over that, that sort of urge to run away and, and change it to run towards. There's so many great lines in Force Awakens, but the Han Solo line that it's my favorite because it's directly referencing uh, Princess Leia without saying it. Mm. He turns to Finn. He goes, you got a bigger problem here, big deal. Yeah. Women always find out the truth. Always. Yeah. yeah. By the way, uh, in the movie, we do know that Benicio Del Toro is playing a version of the collector, I suppose. Like, he's a skeezy uh, yeah. Las Vegas planet type guy uh, that awesome. I think Finn and Rose go undercover to called Canto Bite. That's like the only major plot thing that they've mentioned. And I think that happens well, early yeah. on. Yeah, I had no idea that Benicio was in there. That's amazing. Yeah. But they're just calling him DJ. They're not even giving away his name. Like they're they're saying very little about it. It sounds like he's Donald Trump on the surface, but super smart deep down kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the opposite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The guy you should really be scared of, you know. Yeah. Exactly. I think maybe he'll be like a dark mirror to Maz. Now, I have heard Maz doesn't have a big part in this movie, but it does sound like they're setting her up to have a huge part in the final movie, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, my whole conspiracy theory is that Maz and Yoda got down. <laughs> I don't know. She likes that Wookiee. She likes that Wookiee, which is my favorite line. Like, I Where's my stop. boyfriend? <laughs> Where's my boyfriend? Like, the, the look... The, the like just the dead serious look yeah like that she uh, amazing amazing but the amazing fact, acting but then the fact that she has the exact same spiritual impact on ray that yoda has on luke yeah is actually more powerful because maz is not a jedi and ray is even less far along than luke is when he meets yoda mm-hmm. how do you feel about this here's a question Okay. Um, and then maybe we'll go to the, uh, the Ray Luke section. Um, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is people, and by people I mean stupid nerd boys, uh-huh. criticize Ray for being, you know, learning the force too quickly and being overpowered and so forth and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, watch the original Star Wars with Luke Skywalker and how quickly he trains himself. I mean, Luke is literally with Yoda for two days. 
Um, yeah. But did you have a problem with the fact that she like could mind control a stormtrooper out of nowhere? Uh, no, I, I, I mean, there, there are two things to consider. One that we, we're not going to be able to watch like a Dune like saga. That's like three hours long. You know, that's not the culture now. So you, you got to get there fast. Um, and I think being a scavenger and dropping through like old star destroyers that are, you know, hundreds of feet tall and doing all these things. She has trained herself. She's trained herself by herself to, you know, to fight and to live and to, you know, do all these things. I mean, you know, Luke you know, jumps around a swamp for two days and he's great. You know, she's been bopping around for 17, 18 years. Now, maybe, okay, maybe not. Maybe we're like 12 years by herself. Figuring that she was like five when she was yeah. dropped there. Luke never fought before he started doing the training with the thing on the Millennium Falcon in the first movie. However, he did bullseye womp rat That's true. with his, his T-47. But that's a little bit different than being an attractive 18-year-old girl growing up by herself on a planet where everyone's trying to rape you and take advantage of you, and you one would think, you know, it's, I mean... It's- it's true, and we're going to avoid the, like, why was he just randomly killing Womp Rats? What's he got against Womp Rats, man? Right. I mean... <laughs> okay, well, okay, speaking of Luke, so, I don't... Did you, um, you know, uh, Mark Hamill, par- part of the reason we love Mark Hamill is, A, he's made a career of voicing bad guys since he played Luke Skywalker, like the Joker, Absolutely. which is awesome. Absolutely, and he's done other stuff. He's yeah. done some, like, B B grade torture porn films um, that I, I actually have to um, admit uh, the uh, the score was recorded at the Hook Studio. A couple of films <laughs> that was well, dude. That he out. also fucking was in the the very first live action big budget space simulation Wing Commander games in the nineties as like oh, the wow, lead pilot. Those games were amazing. Wow. Um, I mean, the X-Wing uh, TIE Fighter games were the best just because it's X-Wing and TIE Fighter, but the Wing Commander games, and he did, he was great in it. But there was some controversy because like six months ago, he was interviewed and he was being very honest. And he said something along the lines of, I, when I first heard it, I disagreed with every single thing that Ryan Johnson wanted to do with Luke Skywalker. Hmm. But what he was really saying, because he is an auteur actor deep down, was this is not what I would have done, but once I went through it, I fucking loved it, and I was happier that it was surprising to me and not what I was expecting. But you know how Star Wars nerd fans well, get. Well, and also as an artist, that, that just makes me appreciate Mark Hamill even more. Yeah. But I mean, he, that's, that's a true artist. When you, when you go there and you go deep, you listen to your producer, you listen to your director, whatever, and you find something in it that, you know, that's that's a good human being right there. Yeah. It's like Carrie Fisher making jokes when she talks to actresses and she says, why didn't you get the part? You didn't sleep with them? And, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, I love her so much. She's the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I've done Carrie Fisher tributes before, but as someone who's dealt with some mental yeah. illness issues, she's like a hero for me on some, like she was a hero for me when I was a little kid, but like, she just continued being a hero. And uh, my biggest yeah. worry about the movie is I'm just going to be sobbing every minute she's on screen. But oh, yeah. f- first we're going to go to Luke and Ray. Okay. Yeah. Can I just say, can I just say before while yes. we're on character, like 
uh, a hero, sure, absolutely. Uh, but uh, my adolescence was not full of of her as a hero. But uh, uh, I'll just say uh, that scene—you know—are you're a little short to be a st- stormtrooper? <laughs> I think awakened something else in me. <laughs> uh, Princess Leia is hot. Yeah, you know what's so funny is that I was just younger enough that she wasn't a sex, like I didn't realize she was a sex sex symbol until much later because, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. because around mm-hmm. 1980, from 1987 till the mid 90s, Star Wars wasn't as big of a thing. That's when it was in the like cult phase where it wasn't clear whether it was going to continue. Were people going to buy toys? They weren't making the toys. There's no new movies. Um, yeah. And so in 1987, I was like six years old. So I just thought she was a badass and I was in love with her from sort of a romantic standpoint. Uh, mm. Much later, realized how, you know, how gorgeous uh, she was. Um, she was 19 in the original Star Wars. It's crazy. So, uh- so so very hot in that little white uh, costume uh, laying on her side. Yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Lexi, my favorite. Yeah. I, I I prefer the Empire. Uh, the Hoth is my favorite with her little uh, da- white down jacket with the the general's markings on it or whatever. I I, yeah, I always like that look. Purina symbol. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, are we going to skip over the Jabba's Palace? The, the well, the thing palace? is, it, I, mean, like, I don't think that's even a problem because that was all part of the plan and she ended up strangling the guy. I mean, the most brutal killing of all of the original trilogy was Leia killing Jabba with the giant chain that she was chained to, you know? And not just doing it, but doing it like she's a boss. Like, yep, okay, that's what I'm doing now. I'm killing Jabba, you know? like, And the fact that women now, when you look at like Comic-Con and and, and cosplay, women have sort of reclaimed it. And you see women of all body types wearing variations of the Slave Leia thing. And so I'm like, hey, you know? It's It's like Wonder Woman. Like people who criticize like Wonder Woman for being too sexy, I'm like... girls don't have a problem with it women don't have a problem with it you know it's empowering i think it's empowering like you know like who am i as a guy to tell women like what they shouldn't shouldn't wear and shouldn't you know find sexy or attractive or appealing or whatever so i i think it's clear that carrie fisher is an american hero especially to women but to all of us we're going to get to that in a second straight up straight up yeah. So this is this is uh, referring to what I was talking about before. So because they did the Ray Luke's thing first, and uh, okay. Bresnikov says uh, perhaps the only thing more unsettling than meeting your enemy is coming face to face with your hero. Mm-hmm. This isn't the Luke she's heard about. It's not the one we know either. This is a broken man, one who Bro- would have preferred to stay lost, and he feels the same way about that lightsaber. Very lonely, Luke. Yes. Hamill, <laughs> and I'll give you this great Hamill quote. He says. Quote, the fact that Luke says, I only know one truth, it's time for the Jedi to end, that's a pretty amazing statement for someone who was the symbol of hope and optimism in the original films. Yeah. Hamill goes on, when I first read it, my jaw dropped. What would make someone that alienated from his original convictions? That's not something that you just make up in an afternoon, and I really struggled with this thing. So, do you think this is just going to be a case of, like, Ray having to bug him? You know, like he bugged Yoda to train, or there's going to be something more going on here in this relationship, and maybe it's not just a straight uh, master Padawan thing. Mm. Oh well, I, I think that that um, that Star Wars is full of uh, you know uh, layers 
you know, um, it's not one thing. It's, it can be, it can be, it can be simultaneously like, uh, love and hate at the same time, you know? So I think that it's going to challenge him and maybe that she might end up saving him. However, I think the, the Yoda reference, I mean, Yoda was, he was, he was totally a, just a bitch about like training Luke. He's like, nah, you're too old. Yep. You're too much of a whiny little son of a bitch. <laughs> like you're like, yeah. no, I'm not going to train you. Um, and I, I think everything that uh, we've seen from the very limited short trailer that has, you know, everybody's seen, um, can I j- jump into my theory about... Uh, Please. I was going to launch you from here into your, your larger sure. Last Jedi theories. I just wanted to get to Finn and Rey in particular. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll loop back to Poe and, and uh, Carrie Fisher if it doesn't come up, but go, please sure. go ahead. So, I mean, based on what I've seen, I don't, I don't think it's, it's a stretch. I think this is kind of what they want you to see. I mean, um, I feel like it's going to be interesting because all of the, the, the Star Wars films, you know, they, they scroll the story. There's the pan down, pan across, whatever, to a planet, right? But they're always like there has – they jump a little bit ahead. And I think in this movie, uh, in The Last Jedi, we need to take it from her handing, trying to hand, trying to hand the, the, the lightsaber to Luke. I want to drop in right there at that moment. And that's kind of not the way they usually enter into a movie. There's time passes between each one. They pick up the story, and that's what the, that opening scroll is. Having said that, mm. curb your enthusiasm, mm-hmm. um, Having said that, mm-hmm. I think the my theory is the first scene that we're going to see is Luke throwing Ray off the mountain, <laughs> like force, like a force, force throwing her off the mountain completely, like that'd be great off the cliff, and then either she or he catches her inches away from the ground, and she's got to climb back up again. <laughs> I mean, if we get the Breaking Bad version of Ryan Johnson for this, I would be thrilled. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that would be hilarious. Yeah, man. I mean, like, um, I, I don't know what the, the – I mean, I understand what, you know, the uh, the sorrow he's got to be going through. I mean, like, he started to train the Jedi. You know, he has his uh, um, nephew, I guess. Well, right? so, can, I, can I give you the quote that's right about this that Hamill says? Okay. Mark Hamill says, Luke made a huge mistake in thinking that his nephew was the chosen one. By the way, that's lowercase chosen one, not like Anakin Skywalker chosen one. Uh, So he invested everything he had in Kylo, much like Obi-Wan did with my character. And he is betrayed with tragic consequences. Luke feels responsible for that. That's the primary obstacle he has to rejoining the world in his place in the Jedi hierarchy, you know? It's that guilt, that feeling that it's his fault, and that he didn't detect the darkness in him until it was too late. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, and he's the last one. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have a... He doesn't have a... um, uh, A community of other Jedis, you know, to go and hang out and get the... Uh, advice. I don't know. Maybe he's still talking with uh, with Force Spirit uh, Obi Wan a little bit, you know, or or something like that. And by the way, I really hope that uh, Force Spirit uh, uh, Ewan McGregor pops up in this one. And I and I do believe that there's a chance based on 
um, Ray's vision in Force Awakens. I, um, he's obviously in that. Um, I don't know if I don't know if it was Obi Wan or somebody, but you know the, his voice when they say Ray, you know, like Ray, that's obviously Obi Wan. Oh yeah, uh, and they definitely got Ewan McGregor back to do that voiceover. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. he says constantly. Way, people ask him in every interview for every movie. Hey, do you want to play Obi Wan Kenobi again? He was like, Yeah, Disney's got my number. They can call me anytime. <laughs> and, and by yeah. the way, he almost yeah. saved three prequel movies by himself. Let's be honest. I mean, oh, seriously. Yeah. The, the best actor, hands down, in the entire cast. Yeah. Not to put them against each other. I mean, yeah. great. I mean, they had writing to deal with. But he is amazing. Yeah. And as a character in the entire storyline, it's the one that I feel kind of like the closest to. Like, I, I, I actually love Obi-Wan more. I, I am not a fan of the prequels. Although I do watch them, it's fine. It's cool. There are some scenes that are great, but... As far as movies, I'm like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. except for him, mm-hmm. and 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 it's the comedy that that mm-hmm. that he adds to say he's like the jester Jedi who honestly was the best of all of them. Well, he it, it, what was great was you could tell that you and McGregor truly yeah. disliked and was annoyed by Hayden Christensen, and so it actually played well with the characters, and that's why. <laughs> The, the one prequel that's somewhat watchable is Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. of that, they've established that relationship between the two of them. But unfortunately, yeah. you see Anakin in the Clone Wars cartoons, and you're like, why didn't we get this Anakin in the movies? This is a much cooler pre-Darth Vader Anakin. What mm-hmm. we got was a creepy, annoying, obnoxious asshole. I what we yeah. should have gotten was a very noble man who was misguided and misled at just the wrong time by just the wrong guy, right? I feel the same way about Anakin in, in the uh, in the prequels as I do about Iron Fist, and I'm just coming into that. So- <laughs> did you watch the Defenders yet? I just did last night, yeah. and that's one of the reasons I should have been working more today. Yeah, so <laughs> that's another that's another conversation. That's uh, another conversation. Yeah, yeah. But can, is there a button that I can skip over all the Iron Fist scenes? Well, it doesn't matter because Jessica Jones is the best, and I don't care what anyone else says. She's the best. And by the way, you they know, they revealed that she is the yeah. most watched, not Daredevil, on Netflix. Um, okay. Because yeah, well, she was nominated for like Emmys and shit. Because. Well, Sure, and we know that you have a personal love for Jessica Jones. <laughs> like, oh. yeah, I'm, I, I, well, because it's the she's the least comic booky character ever, and yeah. the writing's brilliant, and they have all female directors and writers coming up this season, so it's going to be awesome. So, anyways, whatever. Um, anyway, speaking of which, actually, this is a good transition. Sure, Princess Leia, mm. Ray, yeah, Kenobi, Ray Kenobi, Ray, Ray Skywalker. I kind of like the idea of, I don't want to linger on this. I like the idea that she's not anybody. Um, Yes. Yes. There there are only a couple options, right? I mean, mean, to to tie back to the fact that like you felt you guys were like family to me when I was in New York. We have no blood relation, right? Yeah, sure. I don't need to be an Amon to be a, you know, part of the family. Always. Um, um, so, you know, yeah. so, uh, but, but if they could truly tie it to Kenobi, I'd be fine with it. And then you got Jin Erso, right? 
Sure, we all want gin, but you know, you know, that was the Lyra Gin uh, Galen family unit. Yeah. That, uh, and uh, by the way, I I did the books on tape, the prequel oh, to. Oh, did you uh, do Catalyst? Book. Hell yeah, I did. It's That's really a, good. It's really good. It is good. And every book, and I think I appreciate Rogue One the yeah. way I do because of Catalyst. Totally. I mean, and like. That's why I love uh um fuck. Oh god. The um the guy was going against Tarkin, what's his name? Um oh, Krennic. Yeah, ten, oh my god. Yeah. Well, I love Ben Mendelssohn in general, but yeah, he's fantastic. Oh, yeah. he did a fantastic job. A really great but job. This is what I'm talking I, about with the story group of Disney is that you can watch Rogue One and love it, and then you go back and read Catalyst, which is a book for adults, and then you read Rebel Rising, which is a young adult book, but still entertaining, and then you get all sorts of new meanings out of it. And then I, I, sure. I'm not going to spoil anything, but Forrest Whitaker voices saw an earlier version of Saw Guerrera in Star Wars Rebels on the cartoon in oh season three. Yeah, you know, um, I did Catalyst before I did Rogue One. Um, oh, I didn't. I did after. Yeah, I, I, it 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 just crazy. It just changed everything, and it made me like cry when Lyra got shot. Yeah. You know, I mean, and like this whole thing because through Catalyst, they they made it like that story has a place in the world today and i really feel like when not to get too political or anything but when rogue one came out political okay fuck that when when rogue one came out it's it's resistance it's the you know it's the resist movement it's like i'm so glad that that just happened to work out Yep. You know, and um, the same way that Wonder Woman just became the highest grossing solo movie of all time for a, com- a comic book origin story because yeah. A, it's great, but B, you know, the, 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 the way women have been treated and portrayed and talked about over the last year or so, two years. Yeah. Yeah. No one's grabbing her pussy. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. You try and grab Gal Gadot's pussy. She's from the Israeli army, motherfucker. She will fuck you up. She'll fuck you. She'll some crowd my God out of Yeah, she's gonna crowd my god the shit out of you. She was a she was a, a tr- she trained fighters. That was her job yeah. in the army. Um but um I agree, man, about Rogue One. I, I actually, uh, in my podcast, uh, I'm not big at like patting myself on the back, but I just, because I love doing this podcast so much and connecting pop culture with what's going on, I predicted months before the actual uh, presidential election that whatever the result, I thought mm-hmm. Rogue One was really going to resonate, especially mm-hmm. if Trump won, but just with the campaign in general and the tenor of it was really going to resonate with what's going on. And the fact that th- that was the most horrifying version of the evil empire that we've seen um, right yeah. after Trump got elected. And dude, honestly, like I- I've been on like two or three flights since Rogue One came out and they're constantly screening it on like flights. And it's like people... People are identifying with these movies as dark as they are, you know? It's it's impressive. It's yeah. Yeah. Which do you prefer? Hope. I mean, going forward. So if you look at episode seven, we've got Rogue One, there's a Han Solo movie coming out next year, supposedly. We've got episode eight coming out. 
Um, going into the future, are you more excited about continuing the saga films, the Skywalker movies? Uh, you know, at some point they need to go in a different direction. Do you like the idea of the standalone movies? What I liked about Rogue One, unlike a Han Solo movie or even an Obi-Wan or Boba Fett movie, is that it told a story that we knew happened, but we didn't know anything about, but it was completely new yeah. characters I thought was awesome. Yeah, no, I think I, I like the standalone movies, especially because... Rogue One was a, a it's perfectly crafted. The, you get introduced to the characters, you form a bond so quickly, so quickly. You know, uh, Cassie and, and and Jin and everybody. Even if you if you're just jumping in, you can see the emotion, and it's really neat and tidy because they're all gone at the end of at the end of the film, which is like tragic and and real, and you can resonate that it's not some Hollywood thing that that. The constant theme that I see through Star Wars, and this is why it's important to Jackson, my kid, and and everything else, that that it's not one person. It's not about you. It's about everybody else that, you know. Sacrifice. Yeah, and the end of Rogue One, when it passes from one person to the next person to the next person, as Vader is slaughtering. Oh, my God. It's the best thing. That is what tears me up. I'm like. And and that's and that's why it resonates politically. Yeah. That's why it's a good you know lesson for us all. You know, I mean, yeah. it's my myth of choice, man. <laughs> I, yeah. I know. And the fact that you've got Princess Leia saying hope, and then Carrie Fisher dies three days later, and I mean, the whole thing is just. Um, yeah. So okay, man. Well, I know you don't have a ton of time, so I wanted to talk briefly about good, good. about um, Princess Leia and Poe because this. Sure is even if Carrie Fisher hadn't passed away, this was going to be my most interesting relationship for me was the Poe, uh, the uh, Oscar Isaac, Carrie Fisher relationship because Oscar Isaac is one of the best actors of his young generation. As far as I'm concerned. Um, and he's a chameleon too. I mean, the fact that he can play this brash, but lovable and good to the soul X-Wing pilot in this like psychotic, Bro. like Steve Jobs gone evil and Ex Machina at the same time is like, you which know. I haven't seen. Yes. Oh, you haven't seen Ex Machina? Oh, you got to see Ex nope. Machina. I also with Don Hall Gleason, who plays General Hux. Um, but, uh, oh, wow. oh, wow. Yeah, but he played, but he plays like the innocent kid that he's manipulating. Um, but, but I want to end on theories about, uh, Kylo and Snoke and stuff like that. Sure. Let's do it. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. Can you do like five, 10 more minutes? Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. You're fine. Okay, cool. Um, so, um, cause I could talk for hours about this. So, you know, you, sometimes you just got to rein my ass in, you know, this will be a first let's, you know what? Let's revisit this when we get closer to the movie. Okay. Or if if nothing else, after the film, I think we should yeah. we should talk about this because I think we're mostly on the same page about all this. Uh, there you stuff. go. The fact that you list you read Catalyst, I'm very impressed. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but but by the way, isn't it yeah. interesting that uh, this is be, be my one big sociological point of the podcast? When uh-huh. we were young, Star Wars was the thing that made nerdy things relatively cool. And yeah. then it went, like I said, from the 80s to the 90s into like a dark ages period where it was nerdy again. And you yeah. get made fun of for, you know, being too into yeah. Star Wars or whatever. Now, I'm also a Star Trek guy, and that's just nerdy straight through. And that's why I love the reboot, the reboots yeah. for the most part. Yeah, I grew up Star Trek. Yeah. Originally. 
I mean, I, I, my my father is a, a microbiologist, wetland biologist. Oh. There's science in our 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 whole family and mm-hmm. teachers. So we, I'm Star Trek original, yeah. <laughs> Trekky, right? Which yeah. is why the J.J. Abrams thing was brilliant because he was able to bring a little bit of both. Um, although we know Ryan Johnson doing movies like Looper and stuff is also a sci-fi nerd, so he's got credentials in this category as well. But it's I I just keep hearing stories about Comic Cons. You know, I've never gone to any of the big Comic Cons, really any of the Comic Cons. I should yeah. to spread my brand, but I haven't. You should, man. Yeah, I should find some people that get I'm in touch there, with. Man. Yeah, get out there. But um <laughs> and all I hear is girls are just all dressed like Ray. Like left and right, like little girls. First of all, little girls and boys didn't even go to Comic Cons a few years ago. No. Now, because no. they're, you know, we are parent, parental age. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. have kids, but, you know, we're parental age. You have a kid. Sure. My sister has kids. So now they're, yeah. we're taking our kids to Comic-Con, and, and, and the identification of both girls and boys, men and women, with Ray in particular, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I want to ask you about this. Um, mm-hmm. Is this just a case of Daisy Ridley being a transcendent figure, just really well-written, um, because there's really like with Wonder Woman, there hasn't been as much sexism. I know James Cameron made some stupid comments recently about Wonder Woman, which nobody agrees with. He said this is a step backwards for women in Hollywood. It's like, yeah, the highest grossing women directed movie ever in Hollywood. This is a step backward for women. Give me a fucking break, James Cameron. Go back to directing <laughs> Avatar seven through twenty three, which no one is ever going to see because it's never. Gonna no happen. one's ever going to see. Yeah. yeah, go back to directing Terminator two, which is not even a good movie. But um, uh. But for the most, for the for the most part, there's major really progress. Feel, but but what, what what is it about Ray? I'm, you know, I love Jin Erso. I mean, for me, Jin was more relatable because she's more like a regular, you know, young woman. But there's something about Ray that's really captured people's imagination. Um, any any yeah. thoughts about this? Yeah, you know, honestly, I got to give it to the actor. I think Daisy is she's she she's amazing she she lived it she is ray like her facial expressions and like the emotion that comes through when she's acting is sincere and when you're sincere on film when you really or in music or anything else like that it comes through and it, you you then have the license to convey the story and like she she was amazing like her little you know, like scrunched face, eyebrow stuff, her excitement when she gets offered a job by Han Solo, like all these things. I feel like JJ did a great job in finding actors that were sort of, I'm not going to say green, but like, no. you know, you know, not well established. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Um, it, it it comes down to good casting, I think. I mean, and good writing, but yeah, I think I think it comes down to her. It just like just like Princess Leia came down to like Carrie Fisher. I think it comes down to her. She's she's amazing. And like and like Joss Whedon, who mm. between Buffy and the female mm. characters on Firefly and Dollhouse oh. and Avengers God. movies. 
Joss yeah. loves writing strong female characters. JJ equally. I mean, look, oh, yeah. look what he did with Zoe Saldana in the Star Trek yeah. reboots. I mean, she is so... I love Zoe in the Guardians movies, but she is so fantastic as a horror in the Star Trek movies, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and the comedy. And the comedy, and the is comedy, like, but but also the, the 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 sensitive romance. That's not. I mean, the Spock horror romance is the best sci-fi romance like, ever. Guys fighting, what is that? Yeah, I know. It's so great. He made a star out of Chris Pine. He, he took Stoey Saldana from a minor star to a major star. Um, yeah. He, he 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 yeah. Um, and uh, so okay, so really quickly about Carrie, and then we'll end on the dark side, and then we'll we'll, we'll wrap up. So, um, Carrie Fisher passed away. Yeah, um, I'm still having trouble dealing with it because <laughs> she was kind of a voice of wisdom for me. I I have all of her books uh, in audiobook form because she reads all them, and they are hysterical. Talking mm. about the shit she grew up with with her famous parents and so forth, growing yeah. up as a Hollywood girl and, and going through bipolar disorder when no one even knew what bipolar disorder was. And uh, you know what? Her, her, uh, and, and Daisy actually said this. Da- you know, Daisy is like Kira Knightley. She's very a prim and proper English girl. Um, mm-hmm. But Daisy, yeah. you know what Daisy said? Uh, Carrie's advice to her was? What was it? Whatever you do, don't go through the crew like wildfire. <laughs> <laughs> that was her only advice to daisy it was like don't sleep with everyone <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, man. all right here it is ready i'm not gonna think about that quote like yeah. on. i think no, i think gonna... mono will like that one too um yeah. all right here we go live fearlessly by the way this guy anthony bresnikin is a great writer live fearlessly live boldly and even after you're gone that strength and inspiration burn on After Carrie Fisher's unexpected death in December, The Last Jedi will mark her final performance as Leia Organa. I'm starting to tear up here. Hold on. Um, The Star Wars character who went from orphan to princess to spy to senator and finally general of the resistance. Mm. She remains a light that will never go out in the galaxy. That's right. Writer-director Ryan Johnson, quote, her character to some degree or another has been defined by loss through this entire saga, starting with the loss of her home planet. She's just taken yeah. hit after hit and she's born it. And she focuses on moving forward in the task at hand. Mm-hmm. No matter what grief or trauma she faces, she never wavers in her commitment to fighting for freedom and her battle continues in the last Jedi. She remains in charge of the scattershot resistance movement cut off from the Republic whose leadership and capital was annihilated in the force awakens. Mm-hmm. Anyone who expected the resistance to fill that void and maintain order will be mistaken. Mm. Johnson says, no, 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 not at all. They are a small band that's now cut off on its own and hunted when the Republic is shattered. When the First Order did that hit, the Resistance is isolated and they're very, very vulnerable. While the galaxy teeters on takeover by the First Order, Leia is also dealing with a personal grief, uh, mourning the death of Han Solo at the hands of her son, Adam Drivers, Kylo Ren. The worst. But here's where it gets good. Despite the hardship, Leia always finds the hope in any given situation. And by the way, for all you assholes out there who like don't like the association of the word hope with Star Wars, go fuck yourself. Seriously, go fuck yourself. Um, uh, 
what he said. Yeah. yeah. Despite the hardship, Leia always finds the hope in any given situation. This time, her story is entwined with Poe Dameron, the hotshot X-Wing pilot played by Oscar Isaac. Speaking of which, um, side note, even if you're not a comic book guy, you should totally get the digital comic uh, from Amazon, uh, the Poe Dameron short comic book run. Which just, oh my God. Which just him Didn't before Force Awakens is fantastic. Um, their relationship, uh, Leia and Poe's relationship is not just general and warrior. They're family. And in Star Wars, the notion of family goes far beyond blood relations. Poe is in some ways a surrogate son for Leia, Oscar Isaac says. But also I think she sees in him the potential for a truly great leader of the resistance and beyond. Okay. This is why I'm so fascinated. The grooming of Poe Dameron to be the leader of the Resistance and hopefully the next New Republic in episodes 10, 11, 12, and beyond. I love, love this idea. I'd vote for him. He's got charisma. He, uh, he's obviously brave and everything. I mean, it really comes down to like, I don't know, man. He's also got like a faint Brooklyn accent with him. I don't, did anybody else pick up on that? Uh, like, well, he's like, like a Guatemalan Jew in real life, so he's got a little bit of everything going on. And he totally like tried on a little bit of a Brooklyn tint. I don't know, like <laughs> that's just the way he talks. If you see Ex Machina, it's the same thing. Yeah, same thing. Okay, all right. You got to see Ex Machina. Ex Machina is the best uh, indie sci-fi. Um, you know, uh, did you have you seen her? No. With Scarlett Johansson and Phoenix. Um, All right. Um, Let me just read this last little bit. Um, uh, Poe's arc is one of evolving from a heroic soldier to a seasoned leader to see beyond the single-mindedness of winning the battle to the larger picture of the future of the galaxy, says Oscar Isaac. Uh, Isaac goes on. Um, I think Leia knows she won't be around forever, which means... It's going to play well on the screen. This is me talking now. It's going to play well on the screen because they were, even though they had no idea that Carrie Fisher was going to die, they were already playing the character as if the character was getting ready to pass on, right? The responsibility, which makes sense, and which, by the way, is why Princess Leia is still the greatest female action hero of all time because she's a military leader, she's a political leader, she's a spiritual leader, she's royalty, she's a senator, she's an amazing fighter, she inspires people, she organizes, she never gives up, and yet somehow she still seems like a normal human being. Who else besides Carrie Fisher could pull that off? You know, I love Sigourney Weaver, you know, I love some of the other early female action heroes, but I'm sorry, cannot compare <clears throat> to Carrie Fisher. No, she embodies the entire role, man. Yeah. I mean, and she's real. And they let her age like a real person, like all, all of us. And she's still such a badass. <laughs> yeah, the people who are like, oh, man, old Carrie Fisher doesn't look like young Carrie Fisher. I'm like, does old Mark Hamill look like young Mark Hamill? Like, fuck you. Like, yeah. everyone's aging. That's part of life. Yeah, <laughs> get the fuck. Yeah, yeah okay. The people that are saying that have not reached 40 yet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. So we'll finish on the dark side, but any, any thoughts in particular about Poe? Um, I know that they, uh, mm. what I've heard is that essentially she l- it, it ends up looking at Poe 
as the son that you wish she had. I'm fine with that. Because yeah. he, he has some Han Solo qualities, you know? He's dashing, yeah. he's charming, he's a great pilot, he's confident, but he's also way more moral and, you know, uh, straight arrow um, than Han Solo is. And certainly Definitely. than Kylo Ren. Got more morals. He has more morals than Han Solo. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a great story that he t- he was telling on, on late night shows a few months ago, uh, Oscar Isaac, where she smacks him in the face hard in one scene, like it's in the script. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they had to do like 20 takes. <laughs> and he said that she specifically smacked him in a slightly different place on his face every single time that they did it. And he was <laughs> like, his entire face was just like covered in welts at the end of the day. That's awesome. And he loved it because he was getting smacked by Carrie Fisher all day, yeah. Yeah, some people pay good money for that. Um, (laughs) Especially Carrie Fisher. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I mean, I'm not into that stuff at all, but Jesus Christ, Princess Leia can, yeah. Listen, I'll put down a 50 spot to get smacked in the face by Carrie Fisher. That's fine. But but seriously, for all all the things about her being a mental health advocate and for being sexy and beautiful and pinup model and a hero for men and women, everything we've been saying, um, you know, there is some kind of just crazy crackling energy that just comes out of her, whatever her age and, and role is, that you just don't see in life very much, right? And I think that's why people took her passing so hard. Yeah, I think it's sincerity. I think that's what it is. That can sum it up in just one word. Is She's sincere. She's real, you know? Yeah. And she, it, she yeah. puts the lie to the, you know... Like some people think, like, uh, people have mental illness. They're on all these drugs and they're zoned out. She was always so present. She was always trying to have fun and make connection with people. And sometimes she'd annoy them, and sometimes they would love her. Mark Hamill did a great one-hour tribute to her at the Disney celebration, where he just talked about stories about her and about how sometimes he just wanted to smack her, but most of the time he just loved being around her because she was just so real. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so okay. So we're gonna wrap up to the end here, at least for now. Yeah. Really appreciate having you uh, you being on. So I want to throw out. You can talk about Kylo Ren, who, by the way, I loved Adam Driver in The Force Awakens. I that was a reluctant uh, exception, uh, like acceptance. Sorry, by by me because mm. I'm not a fan of girls, man, at all. <laughs> like that show. It really, yeah, seriously, for many reasons, and also for the downfall of Brooklyn. But um, yeah. it's it's not their fault. But still, fuck that show. Um, but he did a great fucking job, man. He he really did. So so, what's he, your take? Did Han Solo a know and b maybe even put on the lightsaber? He didn't put it on. Yeah, I don't think so he either. Knew, he did not put it on. Uh, he knew when he was approaching him that that was probably what was going to happen. Um, and when, if you notice when he says, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Can you help me? When he asked, can you help me? He took a step forward. He took a step forward and came to his son. And also, like, Han Solo had the confidence because he's like, this is my son. Like, I can walk up to him 
with my with not a gun drawn mm. because he's my son mm -hmm. you know and uh, you know as a father i i get it mm -hmm. um i don't think he knew i think he was optimistic and i think han solo doesn't also if you if you think about it like throughout his history he's been wrong lots of times and that's why we love han solo mm. it's his 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 talent and his skill and and sheer luck or the force or whatever you want to call it that gets him out of these situations and this was just the last situation where you know whatever he he says fuck you to um what he knows probably to be true that his son is gone um but he he loves him mm. it's his son if his son is going to kill his father then he'll walk right up because it's his son you know um yeah no i'm totally down with that entire sequence mm -hmm. and it made my wife ball like a oh, little yeah. baby when she saw it in the theater <laughs> well, it, it's what it's what locks the movie from being just very good to great for me yeah you know yeah. um and by the way i meant to mention earlier people who complain that like poe and finn talk too much like modern day people i'm like guys it's 2017 like wake up like we like a little you know whedon or jj abrams style banter in these movies it sure. doesn't ruin the star wars because it's not all wooden dialogue you know like well, why within 40 years 30 years could it could the vernacular not you know, morph and, and evolve like it does here. I mean, they're in a galaxy far, far away, but yeah. they're still humans. So, yeah, I think there was some racist stuff around Finn too, but I'm not even going to go there. Um, oh, cause I think Paul is amazing. Um, <laughs> oh, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, talk about a, an English actor who can throw on an American accent at, at any given moment. It's just spectacular. <laughs> um, do you think by the way, Leia though has some responsibility for Han's death because she put on the hard sell for him to try and, uh, bring back Ben. No, she's just being a mom. Yeah. Just being a mom and he's being a dad. And he didn't fight it either. He was no. he was on board. Yeah, he he tried to warn her, but like also like yo, I mean, Han Solo's been depressed, man. You know, I you know how she she felt the in the force that Han was killed mm -hmm. uh, in episode seven. I used That's to right. be kind of annoyed that they never let Leia become a Jedi, but because she's already wearing so many hats of leadership She's got so much on her plate, but also mm. in following comic book television as well as movies, but especially yeah. comic book TV, you know, the crutch is we don't have anything for this woman to do, so we're going to just make her a superhero or a supervillain, and that'll solve, like, everything, you know? And so I'm actually okay with Leia being Force-sensitive and having some sort of passive powers, but... Uh, not necessarily exploring them because she's got so much else going on. Not to mention she saw what happened to her son, and so she's scared of going there, and I'm sure Luke is as well. Well, I also think that we're going to see with Snoke and with Leia. Okay, that, so here's, here, here's, here's the end. This is the final act. I want to hear the big predictions. Yeah. Give me the big okay. predictions. Okay. Uh, well, I already brought the first thing. I think the first thing we're going to see is Ray being thrown off a mountain by Luke. And I really hope that it happens because it'd be, it'd be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, I think that, you know, Snoke could be Yoda size, mm. you know, because 
because size matters not. And Yoda was the most important and long living and most powerful. Uh-huh. Um, he looks like Maz Kanata a little bit, you know, like, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think they got down. I, I, I want to actually know, like, I think the seduction between Maz Kanat and Yoda would be amazing. I mean, um, you know, anyway. So, uh, I kind of want to search I, a porn site. Just I, yeah. I haven't been yeah. on a porn site in months, but I kind of want to search a porn site just to see if there's Maz Snoke porn out there. <laughs> oh, God. I digress. Yeah, I, I digress. I digress. Yes. I mean, um, also because of who's, who's uh, acting Snoke, um, Andy, what's his last name? Circus. 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 Um, I think it would be great if he's like a golem. But and this is why where it takes back to Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia is that that the greatest power that they have, like the force, the force moving objects type things, and the the sight, the vision, you know, um, that's how Palpatine was really able to do what he did was he was able to see all of the potential uh, moves. His strategy was intense going through, you know, six films, mm. you know, he could see the arc. He could see all the potential problems that he faced, all these things. I believe that um, Snoke does the exact same thing, and his power is the mind. I also believe that Princess Leia's power is the mind and and her sight, her vision. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that in the, in the trailer a little bit when she said um, – when you see things and they showed uh, Princess Leia in front of like a ship and the big tactical display and everything. And uh, yeah, so uh, predictions, I, I think Snoke's going to play a big role in this next film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he's not going to be the huge evil monster that we expect him to be. Um, uh, and I, I, yeah, I think Leia's power is her mind and her strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we need that, right? We we have Luke that is like goes and and we even and to some extent we have Obi Wan and we have all these other people that we've come up with that are great on the mission. They go out, and they 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 get they they accomplish the mission, they do their thing. But the person that is sitting back and can see all the chess the chessboard and see all the, the different moves. Mm-hmm. And that's the one you got to watch. And I think that's Princess Leia and Snoke. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think the challenge with these movies in general is you don't want to do a lot of fan service, but you also yeah. don't want to not do a lot of fan service, if you know what I mean. Sure. And I thought J.J. and Gareth Edwards with Rogue One did really mm. well with that. Really quickly um, with Rogue One, what happened was it wasn't that it was too dark in mm, fact, Disney, yeah. w- once Gareth Edwards sold them on everyone has to die and here's how it's going to happen, Disney was 100% behind it. What Sweet. happened was Gareth wanted to sell, uh, I'm sorry, Gareth wanted to film it like Saving Private Ryan where it was super shaky cam. And uh-huh. they let him uh-huh. do a lot of that and they looked at it and they were just like, this doesn't look like Star Wars. It feels like yeah. Star Wars, but it doesn't look like Star Wars. Uh, I agree. And that's not the perspective in Star Wars. They never do a, a per, like, what do you call it? Uh, like first a person. first person yep. point of view. They never do that. Yep. They never do. 
And that's that's Lucas, man. And that's how we filmed the original. And I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. And so really most of the reshoots were just about steadying a lot of the shots and also making Jin's character a little bit more likable. I think she was darker in the original version. But again, I have to support that overall. You know, we we need her to be a hero. And when you read the books, again, you know, you read the books and the comic books, you see how complicated these characters are. Doesn't need to all be in the movies. Um, Give it up for Disney and Lucasfilm for, you know. I'm really going to give it up. (laughs) <laughs> and by the way, I just want to say again, yeah. because I'm just sick of all this sex shit that's constantly coming out among all the racist shit that's constantly coming out is when, uh, when Kathleen Kennedy is the head of Lucasfilm and one of Lucas's buddies. And basically it was, she was part of the deal to go to Disney was like, mm. Lucas is going to give up all control, but Kathleen Kennedy, who's been Steven Spielberg's executive producer for 40 years, is going to be the shepherd of Lucasfilm. And she's done a great job. But in the day two or two after she fired uh, uh, Lord and Miller, the directors of the Han Solo movie, and replaced them with Ron Howard... Everyone was like, Kathleen Kennedy's got to go. She doesn't know what she's doing. Blah, 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 blah. And it just really bothered me. It was like, really? You're going to blame the person that rebooted Star Wars and made it cool and exciting again, you know? Instead of like a couple like young dudes who were probably being too goofy on the set of a Star Wars movie and like not showing it proper respect, Lawrence Kasdan's script and so forth, the guy who wrote Empire Strikes Back and Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they were like, yeah, we're just going to improv on set. That's what happened. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's a good script, Kasdan. We're just going to improv on set. It's like this Lawrence fucking Kasdan, like, fuck you. Like, we're going to bring Show respect, son. Yeah, show some respect. So in this case, um, that'd be okay. I will say, and this is my final thought. There was two or three things that came out of the prequels that were good. None of them were the actual movies. Okay. The first thing was just the universe building. I mean, think about how many planets we went to in the original movies. There was Tatooine. There was Hoth. Mm -hmm. There was um, Dagobah. Yeah. There was Tatooine again. Endor. Endor. Yeah. That's it. Yavin. Briefly, Yavin. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and the prequels are jumping all over the place. You know, we got more Mandalore, the Mandalorians, we got Geonosis, you know. And, and I guess my main thing that came out. Yeah. Well, I think the main thing that came out was it, it, it laid a lot of cool seeds that came out in the Clone Wars and now Star Wars Rebels. And even though the new movies, they don't want to acknowledge the prequels too directly because they know how divisive. You know, they don't want the word Jar Jar Binks to come up, you know, anytime soon. But mm-hmm. it, it's hard to deny that they're, it's it fully accepted canon. And a lot of the stuff that happened between episode three and four, which we see in, you know, Clone Wars and, and especially Star Wars Rebels and Rogue One and so forth. I mean, Catalyst, so I've been reading Catalyst along with watching the Clone Wars. And I'm like, oh my God, I wouldn't yeah. understand any of this if I wasn't watching the Clone Wars, you know? So, um, yeah. You know, I think there was some cool universe building coming out of it, but we're in a new age. Things are much better. All right, man. Um, any any final thoughts about Star Wars? Oh man, <laughs> I know we go on forever. I know I could go on for. Let me ask forever. you this. I'll ask you. I'll ask you a funny question to end, and so, then we'll stop. What's like sure. a total wild card, random thing that you're? hoping for looking forward to or just want to see either in this movie or coming up 
that you would just love, I, either like uh, a standalone uh, movie or anything? Well, I want to know. I mean, I know because of I read some of the books after uh, this is a long time ago. Um, I can't remember the author. It was uh, The Last Command, I think I read, um, where it goes into uh, the relationship between Lando and uh, and uh, and Han and we we know that that Han won the Millennium Falcon in a in a card game, but I I, I would like to see the the process of the, the souping up of the Millennium Falcon. That would be amazing. And then um, we're, we're going to see all that in the Han movie. He's definitely winning it from Lando, uh, played by Donald Glover, which should be hysterical. Exactly uh, that I want to see. And also, man, Phasma. I am so Oh, they're ready. unleashing her. No, I didn't read this part of the article by Bresnikan uh, from EW, but they're unleashing Phasma in this movie. She's going to kick oh, serious ass. Dear God. Yeah, I mean, like, come on. I was like, really? Yeah. But Phasma? I mean, oh, you, you know. need to go watch Game of Thrones, speaking of Phasma, right? I, and I do have to jump because Mona right now awesome. is, is biting her nails. What, waiting okay, for the- so please give yeah. her a giant hug for me. I will. Um, I actually hate Game of Thrones, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like it at first. No, I I liked it at first. I stopped liking after like three seasons. Um, But uh, I just I don't. I'm not generally into nihilistic things where they just kill good guys constantly. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's just me. it's a device. It's it's, it's not it's not an artistic criticism. It's it's like Mad Max. Like I appreciated Mad Max, but it's just not my thing. uh, yeah. Like Logan is like the most nihilistic I can get, you know. Um, but um, okay, so really quickly, where can people find you on the interwebs? And then I'll put the rest on the copy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I should be better at this. I mean, you can find me um, at the Bridge Studio, uh, thebridgestudio.com, I believe. I hopefully I'm not screwing this up, but you could edit if I'm if I'm not. People uh, can Mona Google has- the Bridge Studio. You can Google the Bridge Studio. Um, we are going to be open very soon and a lot of amazing things will be happening there. And it's not just a recording studio, but it's a place to come to, uh, experience, you know, all types of media, uh, screeners, you know, you know, music events, um, listening sessions. Uh, we have a huge vinyl collection, good gear. And, um, there is, there will be a new Analog Player Society album that is coming out. Um, there's about half half of an album that has been shelved, waiting for me to get mm. done with my other projects, and it's it's pretty awesome and amazing. Mm. And um, you know, I I don't know what you know. Definitely, you need to come up I and. Know, uh, and uh, have some private screenings of uh, Empire or Jedi or, oh or whatever we get our hands on. Or, or on Rebels. Our... I would love to. We could watch some of the Rebels with uh, with your kid. It would be really fun. No problem, and man. HD, like I said, 17-foot yeah. movie screen. You yeah. know, great sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's great, what's great is the Padawan, the master-Padawan relationship in Rebels between uh, Kanan, who's sort of like a cowboy jedi you know sort of a rogue jedi and who's training the young kid ezra is way more satisfying than either the luke training or the anakin training yeah because he seems a little whiny in the beginning but he actually ends up being like way smarter and more mature than either luke or anakin and because it's over the course of numerous seasons 
Excellent. you really get to see the training in sort of a non um uh, cliched way and I guess that's my biggest concern about the new movie but I just have total faith in Ryan Johnson Mark Hamill and mm-hmm. Daisy Ridley to do something different than what we're expecting yeah I think there's going to be a lot of that <laughs> so okay well they're only going to release one major trailer before the movie mm-hmm. so if we're very moved by the trailer and you want to do a quick response hit me up I'll definitely be doing one otherwise Absolutely. We'll touch base either right before or right after the movie yeah. hits um, <laughs> and talk about I usually do a roundtable post these big movies where I have two or three people on at once, and we just kind of talk about it for a couple hours. So Great. I'm down. Yeah. Count me up, man. Well, yeah. it, it, it's a little bizarre that it took Star Wars for us to finally catch up after a few <laughs> years, but I will take it, man. This was great. I really appreciate it, and it was, it was great catching up with you. Anytime, brother. I hope to see you soon, either yeah. in Philly or or up here, man. And you're always welcome, man. Dude, I'm so close. Just be like, yo, we're screening this shit in, t- in 48 hours. I'm like, I'm there. Boom. I'm going to drive right <laughs> Good. up. Good. Um, and uh, I know the parking in the South Slope is uh, is doable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, cool, Amon. Well, thank you so much. Um, again, people, check out uh, um, the websites that will be posted Amon's one of my favorite people, and uh, the fact that we share this, too, is just one more awesome thing. So, um, (laughs) send my love to the fam. I hope everyone is well. I would say enjoy Game of Thrones, but it's not a... I don't know if enjoy (laughs) is the right word. It's like... No, it's not going to be enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't, (laughs) don't suffer too much. Yeah. Although I do love Amelia Clark. I'm a big supporter of Amelia Clark, and I think she, as Han Solo's love interest, she's going to be really, really good, in my opinion. So we'll which, see. Which one is she? I, I don't know. Khaleesi. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you can't judge her by Khaleesi, but if you see her in other like smaller movies that she's been in, she's actually really talented and does a, gr- oh, a great American accent. So. She's amazing. Yeah. Period. So, yeah. all right. Much love, Amon. Thank you so much. I'm actually jumping on another Star Wars podcast with my buddy Adam Tuck. Do you remember our graphic designer, Adam, who used to do? He did. Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. He did the famous Viafarkatory remixed red T-shirt. I love. I still have it. Yeah. 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 He's the guy. So we're gonna do some Star Wars talk. So, all right, buddy. Yeah, much love. All right, man. All right. Thank you, Bizzlecast listeners, and we are out. <laughs>